0: On this episode of Resi Week, CTA estimates holiday spending, centralizing or localizing your equipment, and Cedia hires a new VP of Education. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 301, Conclusion Bias. Support for AV
1: Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation.
0: Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott for AVNation.TV. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good longstanding friends. First, we have the one and only Mitchell Klein. He is the executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance. How you doing, Mitch?
1: Hey, doing great. Glad to be here with uh, you and Henry again. Always love it
0: that's fantastic the henry that mitch is referring to is henry clifford he is the president of livewire and the co-founder of parasol how you doing henry
2: i'm awesome matt and uh, great to be with you mitch Uh, thanks for having me i'm
0: glad that both of you are here we're going to have a great show which we're going to kick off with a story that comes to us from ce pro the cta uh, has a study that is estimating consumers are going to increase their holiday spending over, obviously, this holiday season, October to December. Now, before you get you know, blown away and super excited, it is only a 0.5% of an increase over 2020, uh, which had, a, I believe, a minor bump, like a 0.2% bump uh, over the previous year. That being said, it's still an increase, which is good. Uh, the top five holiday spending tech wish items are smartphones, Laptops, notebook computers, wearables, televisions, and of course, uh, video game consoles and tablet and e-readers, uh, video games if you can stinking find one. So don't get too excited about that one because they're still not around. Mitch, I wanna I wanna start with you on this. We always see tech being a a, a hot topic in in holiday spending. What is going to uh, affect our world? From an increase in likely tech spending again, when we're finding supplies are already, shall we say, difficult to find?
1: Yeah, they're they're difficult. But first of all, let's talk about what is it—the 0.5 percent increase. Yeah. Have you gone shopping for anything lately? So. You know, to me, 0.5 uh, percent increase doesn't mean they're buying more; it just means they're paying more, probably for what they were going <laughs> to get in the first place. Not mm-hmm. that I'm a cynic, but honestly, I mean, I just did grocery shopping yesterday, and like, you got to be kidding me, right? It's the same stuff. And so, in terms of the tech, the cool thing about tech is it's always the expectation that I'll wait; the prices will drop. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that's going to be the case. I can tell you from a Silicon perspective. We're seeing increases of 20 to 70% just on the little chips, which, of course, then you start adding in the challenges in terms of uh, logistics, which has been written about like crazy. Um, So I guess I would have to say if tech is on your list, buy it already. Uh, If you're working with customers and you like to provide them with some Christmas options, get them in your warehouse now. Don't wait for the orders and then just sell what you have, because I can pretty much assure you, if you have it, someone is going to buy it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Henry. You're uh, one. I'm. I'm. I'm glad you're here in general, but I'm especially glad you're here because you're one of the the few integrators I know that has a nice big showroom. You have an experience center. You have a place where people come to look at tech, which a lot in our industry don't don't do that as much anymore. What is what approach can Integrators that have that, you know, some form of retail environment do to try and take advantage of this. Because as Mitch alluded to, everything is in hot demand. I had someone on one of my Facebook local groups who's been trying to find a PS5 for like six months and she still can't find one. What what can you do as a, as a retailer um, or, or someone with a retail environment? Um to, to try and take advantage of that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. We Well, and, and at the end of the day, just, just like with this conversation today, it's all about people and 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 relationships. So we, we, we've got this appointment only environment, and we have some relationships, which mean that if you wanna buy certain things in, in our market, you gotta come to our design center and, and try out the products. I, I, I feel like there's some speakers that we offer where there's there's an exclusive arrangement we have where there's only a few places in a 50 mile radius mm-hmm. where you can come and audition these. So anything experience related becomes a huge asset. And then combined with the fact that some of these folks uh, aren't having or or have made it so that the, the supply chain issues aren't as much of an issue for us. So we've we've taken these niche areas, whether it's high end, two channel, mm-hmm. or some of these other areas where you might have American production. I mean I, I know some of the guys who turn the who turn the machines that make these products. Mm-hmm. So they're not on a boat trying to get into the Long Beach Harbor right now. They're in Detroit. Or they're in Ann Arbor.
0: No, I was gonna correct you on in that.
2: Indianapolis somewhere, right? What's that?
0: I was gonna correct you on that. It's not Detroit, it's Ann Arbor.
2: <laughs> well, okay. actually there's but there's another there's another outfit that does manufacture in right Detroit. Yeah, no, no, it's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, Shinola watches.
1: Yep, that's true.
2: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I think for us it's it's understanding, okay, fine, there's there's things we can control and can't in what I call the battle of next week. And so, as a result, what are those assets uh, versus liabilities? There's plenty of liabilities. That's all everybody ever talks about. But our assets are are these niche product lines where, thank goodness, the the persona the personas of the folks that do business with us that's those are the things they're attracted to. So yeah. I'd say it's if I'm an integrator out there watching this or listening to this, I'm looking in the mirror and go, hey, what do I what am I offering that I can't just go up the street to the to the Best Buy and mm-hmm. and pick up. What are what are some unique experiences or products that I have to offer, and, and um, that that might even have American, you know, manufacturing. And, and props to outfits like Leon and Clips and some of these other folks for uh, pushing hard and and um, you know making their products you know right here so that we don't have supply chain issues.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a huge factor. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics and uh come to a, a hotly debated one, which I, I love to debate over. Uh this comes to us from Residential Systems, uh, and Todd Anthony Puma as well as Mark Feinberg. Centralized or local uh integrators have strong opinions on where they place their AV gear. Now, if you if you don't know Todd or, or Mark, Todd works in uh, essentially New York, New Jersey, not very much necessarily in Manhattan, whereas Mark works in Manhattan. If you've been to Manhattan, there's not a lot of palatial estates. There's a lot of high rises. So in Mark's world, he runs uh, you know, a, a lot of a, a hybrid approach as far as keeping components local and maybe a couple things in a rack uh, in an equipment closet somewhere. But again, it's Manhattan. There's not a lot of closet space. Um, uh, Todd, on the other hand, works in the other aspects of New York and the New Jersey area where you can, you can get away with a couple, you know, six foot tall, seven foot tall racks in the basement. It's not going to mess up the, the, the floor space or the aesthetic, uh, great article to read through lots of really good points. Nothing that I necessarily disagree with, uh, but stuff that I do love to debate, um, Henry, when, when, when you see this, how much of this is based on your internal philosophy as an integrator, how much of it is based on the design aesthetic that you're trying to accomplish?
2: So that's great. And just to frame it, I feel like the conversation that, that Mark and, and Todd are having is really, do you centralize all your components in in Iraq on a project, or do you distribute the components out at at the locations, family room, master mm-hmm. bedroom, etc.? That's the sort of philosophical conversation we're having. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, totally. So I sort of look at it like if if, if somebody's saying to me, "Hey, centralized or or distributed," I sort of look at it like flathead or Phillips head, meaning. Depending on the project, a, a centralized approach might be the best thing or a distributed approach. I mean, we've done, we just did a seven figure job in the last couple of years. It's completely distributed, but at the same time had a ton of racks of gear, but the homeowner had sort of had it up to here with the one app controlling everything mm-hmm. really was fed up in some uh, other residences. We ended up building the project and building out the scope so that if he wanted to add a control layer later like a large control system we used all of the subsystems that would have been compatible with any of the major control manufacturers so we could later weave it in. all together yep which which uh, who knows they may he may change his mind down the road at the same time there's plenty of projects that we'll see where you might have an apple tv just bolted to the back of a of a display and that's and that's really good enough. So what we try to do is really listen to the customers preferences, try to understand their pain and then try to bring a solution to bear that addresses their pain. If that solution happens to be centralized, party on. If it's distributed, then 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 that's what we'll do as well, but for us, it's just it's more of working backwards from the pain of the customer, and if and if a centralized approach works for to address the pain, great. If distributed works, then then that's what we're going to do. But we definitely don't go into or we don't go at our work with a conclusion bias in mind. We uh, we understand that sometimes you need a Phillips head, and sometimes you need a flathead.
0: I'm going to argue that you need a Robinson. Mm, and get rid that, of
2: it. That, that sounds Canadian. It's, it's square it's right drive. Here. It's
0: amazing. Oh. It's heaven. Rob,
2: it's called a Robinson?
0: Yeah, it's a square drive.
2: Robinson. Oh, that's the square stuff. Yep. Yeah.
0: Tor- I, I did, Torx I is I even better. Oh,
1: I, didn't yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that's what that was called. Yeah, I it's it was amazing. called the Torx, or is that a different? Torx is the star. The star, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I, knew, I knew that one. I, yeah. I never heard of the Robinson.
0: Robinson is, uh, it'll change I mean, your life.
2: Well. well, I mean, I used them anyway. I just called them something else. So, all right.
0: Mitch, th- this is one of those debates that H- Henry kind of knocked it out of the park with his answer. But we debate this all the time in the in the in the industry, and to me, it, it's it's not really ever the debate. That the actual debate is: Are you stuck in a process of doing what you do because that's what you want to do, or are you coming in, you know, as that concierge and? Doing what's best for the client. Because I've got clients, just, just as Henry alluded to, who they really can use a distributed model. It, it's perfect for them. Put everything in the basement and just feed everything. And then I got a ton of clients who, man, the, the best moment of their life was the second that Samsung and Sony said, hey, we're going to include the Apple TV app in the TV. Mm-hmm. And now they don't want any boxes. It's literally just a TV. Is this... Is this much to do about nothing, or is this us getting caught up in a debate, to have a debate because we're set in our ways?
1: There's something pretty awesome about a nicely dressed rack, okay? No one can debate that. Mm-mm. And if you've got the client that has the budget for it, that's what they're gonna show off to all their friends and everything. so, you know, that that's the crime of the crop right there. And that was always the go-to let's start off under the assumption where we are going to put the rack and then work from there. But things change, things come around kind of full circle. You know, Sonos has done a pretty good job of saying, you don't need a central rack. Um, you know, we were talking about this earlier, the kids, you know, our, our kids aren't watching the 60 inch TV, you know, they're watching their phone, right? Mm -hmm. So things are streaming, things are changing and we really have to be in touch with what's going on, and you talk about getting in touch with the client, uh, trying to figure out their lifestyle is where you go when you talk about identifying the needs, right? They don't necessarily know what they can have. They don't necessarily know what they can do. So that's all part of it, is getting in there and identifying you know, who, how many family members, so on and so forth. From my perspective, and I read the article, you know, Todd, you know a hybrid approach really is the best way to go so mm-hmm. that you're not requiring all of this additional hardware with single points of failure and other issues right so you strap on uh, Apple TVs to the back of each unit the cable companies if you use them or the satellite companies if you use them you can strap onto the other side of the back back of the TV give them a remote control and that's probably good for several rooms in the house master bedroom media room home theater different stories so Again, to me, it's always going to have to be some type of a hybrid approach.
0: Are we hitting a point where the tech is making a lot of our tech obsolete? Because I, I, I remember when, and, and keep in mind, I'm in Canada, our like cable co-tech is a couple years behind the U.S. as a rule. But I remember when the, the scientific Atlanta boxes came in. And the cost to get a, a DVR was an additional upgrade, and it was expensive. So we had a lot of clients who had the re- the standalone box for a couple of rooms, and then they had the PVR or the DVR for one room. And we sold Matrixes because mm-hmm. the, the cost to rent six boxes that were quote-unquote connected and could actually access the PVR was way more expensive than the cost of the stinking Matrix. Now you can go get a, a, a spectrum app that runs on, a, on an Apple TV or a Roku and get the exact same and sometimes
1: a better experience. Again, avoiding that single point of failure, right? That's, that's key. And technology isn't making what we do obsolete by any stretch of the imagination. It is making how we do it obsolete, perhaps. And I think that's the fundamental difference. We can still deliver... The excellent experience, but we don't necessarily have to do it the way we've been doing it for the last ten years.
0: That's a good point, Henry. One last thing before we move on: it, you you said something along the lines of of coming in predetermined, right? We all we all do that in some way, shape, or form when we when we have a client meeting. How do you is, is there a way to get beyond that? To get beyond walking up to a house looking at it and going yeah this, is, this one's gonna be this one's gonna be a doozy how do you get past that
2: yeah conclusion bias is tough and it's ironic actually conclusion bias is ironic given that we are technologists and technology is supposed to be about change and moore's law and okay. speed doubling every 18 months yet yeah, those of us who've been doing it a long time can sort of get stuck in a little bit of a the fact pattern of starting to sort of do what we always did and getting what we always got and that's the tough part and so i think approaching it from a from a pain perspective or from from a customer needs perspective to suss out requirements at the end of the day i think a well run ci business has a few core ingredients, like uh, like a Chipotle might have rice, beans, and cheese. Right? You can use those three core ingredients to make forty eight different dishes, and and so those of us uh, who take a look at the business and say we got too many core ingredients on the menu and try to refine it out, and we pick constantly challenge ourselves and our vendors to pick these subsystems. I want best-in-class lighting control, and I'm going to evaluate that every year. I want best-in-class multi-room audio, and I'm going to evaluate that every year. I want best-in-class smart locks. I want best-in-class smart security and doing our best to tune out the manufacturer noise to some extent and saying, okay, each one of these subsystems needs to play well with a larger one app to rule them all control system. And this subsystem needs to stand alone on its own if I decide to deploy it in, a, in an installation like that. And so by having that cadence of refining a line card every year, I think we, will end, we, we end up in a place where it's just baked in. We know that we're doing job interviews every year with our, with our vendors and we wanna be way more important to far fewer people. And the phenomenon that I heard you describing, Matt, with a lot of this is something which Ray Lepper, who was a CDM Mm -hmm. president uh, a few years ago, shared with me. He said, hey, you know, sometimes when the technology gets out of the way, that's when you really see consumer adoption spike. And I think the mistake that a lot of us can make at that point is to attach our own identity or livelihood to a shiny object. Whereas if we said, actually, we should attach our livelihood to the fact that no matter how much this technology becomes DIY or becomes something that the customer could very well easily go down to the store and put in themselves, there is still that portion of the population that will happily pay us to do it for them. And it doesn't matter what it is, if it it could be turned into a service, this segment of the population will pay for it. And so those of us who are good at this and love technology can get really smart about realizing that product margins are are probably not gonna stay where they're at and they're gonna continue to potentially erode Mm -hmm. and pivot our model to a service-oriented model where a monthly subscription is kind of part of the deal and the relationships part of the deal, the HVAC guys figured this out long ago, then that's the way forward. But for those of us who are really clinging to these shiny objects, which are becoming easier and easier to use and worry about moving boxes, yeah, I I do worry about that as a revenue model.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last topic of the day. This comes to us from residential tech today. Uh, Amanda Beckner has been hired as the new Cedia vice president of education and training. Uh, she comes to Cedia via uh, she she was previously the vice president of learning at Avixa, uh, where she led their digital transformation of their curriculum, shepherd three Avixa certifications and multiple standards in the ANSI ISO uh, accreditations, as well as built a active global network of over 250 education certifications and standard volunteers Uh, she was also the president and the coo of the rave agency uh, where she led strategy and operations and oversaw the growth of the launch program mitch let me let me start with you real quickly on this uh cd has had a a huge transition in education the last couple of years with samantha uh, ventura who came in after uh Tom, I, I can't remember his last name. I um, Tom, yep. Yes. And, and you know, there, there's been a huge transition and a huge um, maturation of the, the CD education system. What does Amanda need to, what does she need to accomplish? What does she need to do?
1: Oh, that, that's an easy question, right? Yeah. Not. Um, <laughs> first of all, I must admit I do not know her and I'm very excited that uh, she's been brought on board based on the credentials would seem to me that it's Rave's loss as well as Evix's loss. And I think she's got a lot of greenfield around her because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, If she's charged with the financial side of making good on the, our future is education, and that's going to drive the the financing of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, of Cedia, well, then I think um, that's going to be a tough road to hoe in terms of getting our arms around the curriculum, really driving the online stuff, bringing in more and more folk um, to participate. I think that's a huge opportunity, I think based on what I've heard, so that she could do it. There's also been a big change in leadership, as mm-hmm. we know. So I don't think you can take uh, the education role in and of itself because there's now a new a new CEO brought in. And mm-hmm. I think that it's the overall organization itself that really needs to make the adaption, and I think uh, she sounds like she's going to be a really good piece of it. So I, I wish her the best of luck, and hopefully, there's some ways we can help her hit her hit her, hit her goals.
0: It'll be very interesting to watch, Henry. One yeah. of the one of the quotes that I found uh, interesting was uh, at the end of the article. She she states that it'll be my mission to bring the principles of quality craftsmanship, personality personalization and human-centric desi- design that define industry to bear on all of CDS education and training programs. I, I get the quality. I get the craftsman. I get the personalization. The human-centric design is is an aspect that I've seen extensively in the Avixa world. I, I've seen it talked about a lot. Um, I've actually taken a, a bunch of courses and, and read a lot of books on it because I find it fascinating but I haven't seen it in the CDO world, where I'd almost argue it, it, it should be more valued and, and even more important than it is on the Avixa side. Does that, does that, am, I, am I misreading that? Is this one of those things that's going to be very entertaining to watch? What are your thoughts?
2: I think it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. I mean, if you think about where our space has gone since COVID-19 and needing to kind of bridge together the home and the office and this whole residential movement. And you've had, I think, fits and starts of biophilia and circadian lighting and, and a bunch of uh, sort of human-centric uh, approaches made. I, I mean, at the end of the day, the home is sort of the human centric in, 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 its design. I mean, as far as the habitat, right. And then you have work, which really human centric design, at least in my way of understanding, it was really an attempt to take the office and make it more of a friendly, uh, sort of place that, that would attract, you know, folks. And they, they, you know that it that would make a a, a great habitat mm-hmm. to spend your nine to five. So I think it's going to be great to see what what happens as a result of we're, we've got a new uh, director of education. I worked personally with the with the CD education team to to get the uh, to get the Prosource University relationship up and running. I know. I joined the board originally because I was frustrated at the time with where CD education stood. I know that a lot of the strategic planning focused around making CD education better. So mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic about where things will head and I'm looking forward uh, you know, to meeting her and to sort of seeing what, what's next. And as far as anything we can learn from the experience in the Avixis side, I, I, think, I think Cedia is, is really going to benefit tremendously from somebody with that kind of experience and background.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining us. Henry, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Livewire or Parasol, where can they do that? absolutely
2: we're we're online at get livewire at get parasol and thank you again matt and mitch is always great hanging out with you guys and solving the world's problems
0: always that's that's what we're here for mitch my friend thank you if people want to where can they do
1: that mitch at ZWaveAlliance.org or at mitchell underscore klein please reach out and i'd love to hear more about parasol how you guys are doing so Let's take that
0: one offline. Excellent. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover.